Let's get to work, gentlemen. This is the Make More, Keep More show. We chat about all things related to money and uh, your money, keeping more of it, making more of it. And today we got Dominic's friend, Peter. Dominic, I'm going to let you make the introduction here. I'm going to sip coffee, stare off thoughtfully into the distance. And... uh <laughs> While Peter, while Peter does his thing, Peter, nice to meet you. Thanks for nice to meet you too. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So as Ron mentioned, to make more, keep more show. Over the last few episodes, I'm not actually lost track of what episode, but we started this early March, uh, and uh, we actually, Peter, you get to be our first guest, uh, bringing on, which is which is pretty awesome. And so, what the whole point of the show is about ways to make more, whether that be through more sales, driving more revenue in your business. Uh, keeping more of it through smart investments, tax choices, things like that, whereas, which is Ron's expertise. And questions we get a lot. seems like almost every week we have some real estate questions. So, Peter, uh, and I'll let you pronounce your own last name. Like all the years I've been doing, I'm not sure I know how to pronounce it. Uh, but Peter is has been my real estate agent for quite a while now, actually. And uh, we, he's helped us uh, buy and sell homes, help family members do that. Um, and it's just really my go-to resource for anything when I'm, I got a question about a place, uh, I'll text him, I see something and he'll tell me, ah, dude, you want to stay away from that one? Or, Hey, this might be a good one for you guys. Let's, let's talk about it. So if I ever bring him on this week to answer some of those questions, because one big piece of making more money for a lot of people historically has been real estate. And there were questions around, you know, how do I buy my first place? Uh, we took some polls earlier uh, in another episode and, and uh, you know, we got some people who don't own a home right now. So how do we get those people? How do they buy their first place? How do you buy your second place? How do you buy your fifth place? You know, because then it starts to get into a whole nother realm of when you're really into serious uh, investment opportunities. And so welcome to the show, Peter. Peter's uh Located where I'm at, up in the, I'm actually in Oceanside, not too far from Ron right now, but um, we are, we both live up in the, the San Pedro Ranch Palos Verdes area up in LA. And uh, he covers all of what the South Bay basically for, for Los Angeles uh, is that. And then prior to that, maybe we may dig into this. Turns out Peter's quite the entrepreneur as well. He's also run his family's travel business for quite a long time before he got into real estate, still does that kind of on the side. So uh, he fits right in with our, with our show stuff. So, Welcome on, Peter. Good to have you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, I listened to an episode. I think it was two weeks ago, and uh, it was it was uh, enlightening. I, I enjoyed it, and then I was actually pretty honored to get the get the text from you that you wanted me to be a guest on and here to provide any information I can, share some knowledge on our industry. I'll leave leave all the stuff you guys do to you, and just kind of fill in where I need to. And um, and I appreciate the opportunity. So yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, I just saw a comment pop by. If you haven't figured out uh, how to buy your house by your fifth one, you're probably asked. There's probably some <laughs> truth to that. But, you know, actually, it's funny. Uh, even the people that I see buy a lot of real estate do make some mistakes along the way. So the goal here is to help you avoid, help us avoid some of those things. So, Ron, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to jump in to maybe talk first, first home buying? Or do you want to talk about the Not really. implications of that and then get into it? We'll jump on to the tax implications later. Peter, why don't you line them up for, uh, why don't you tell us like right now, we get a lot of questions about people wanting to buy their very first home. So in this market, these interest rates, what would you tell someone? Well, listen, I mean, I, I work with quite a few first time buyers over, over the years that I've been doing this. And 
I hate to say it, but like step number one is getting pre-approved, right? I mean, there's no point to look at homes unless you know what your monthly payment's going to be. Can you feasibly afford that? Is that in your realm? Um, so that's my number one step for everybody. Sure, it's great. We can go look at homes, but the bottom line is this even in a price category that you can buy. Um, listen, I'll talk more on like the hyper local level and, you know, maybe this will relate to everybody, but, you know, my focus is really the South Bay and that's what we've been doing for, for 10 plus years. And my business partner and I, this is where our bread and butter is per se, but, um, let's be honest, the rates have jumped over the last couple of months. So there's a little bit of hesitancy, I would say from some buyers about where this is heading, um, what that means. Um, look in the big scheme of things, any listing I have now, I won't even look at an offer unless it has a pre-approval within the last two weeks or three, 30 or 30 days minimum, because most people who got pre-approved at a 3% interest rate, and now let's say it's, it's hitting five. It's a big, it's a big difference in, in what their monthly payment can be, you know? So um, the big thing is just, if you're actively buying, if you're actively looking and wanting to buy, you got to stay on top of your pre-approval. You got to make sure that you can afford what you're looking at. Um, there's no point of wasting anyone's time in the sense of getting in an offer or, or let's say getting an offer accepted. And then you realize it's kind of out of your budget, you know? Um, but you know, back to first time buyers, let's be honest, like rents have gone crazy, you know, and, and people just can't believe what rents are. And, you know, I'll be the first one to scratch my head sometimes here locally when I see, you know, in San Pedro or in Paul's Verdes or whatever, or even when I see what rents are in Redondo Beach for a one bedroom on the beach, I mean, we're talking hitting 3000 bucks a month, 2,500 to 3000 bucks a month. So, so crazy. Sure. sure. So, you know, a lot of people are, uh, their number one thing is I'm throwing away money at rent, but look, the bot, I, I, what I always tell people is you don't have to have a lot of money to buy a house. I think the biggest thing is just feel comfortable with what your payment's going to be, you know, and if you're making good money and can afford that, that's where it is. You know, I mean, the reality is the bank's giving you nothing for your money on interest. If you're just keeping it there waiting. And I'll tell you, I know tons of guys that are just and 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 women that are just sitting with money in a checking account doing nothing, you know, and, and the bottom line is, um, and I'll, I'll let you Ron jump on to what those, um, benefits are of buying and what you can write off and and all of that but you know the reality is money sitting there and paying 2500 bucks a month or 3000 bucks a month really doesn't help you you know i mean you're going to be sitting there after 2 years and realize how much money you've kind of wasted in that sense so is the market right i get that question every day like is right now the time to buy is it's is the reality is we live in the south bay and uh there's this, there's not enough homes and there's an, there's plenty of buyers out there so um, sure, the interest rates may cause things to slow down. Let's just per se, we're not going to have that level of activity maybe we had back in um, November and December where things were just flying in three days. But the reality is that there's still a ton of people out there buying and there's not enough homes, you know? So, so I think that's an interesting couple of interesting points there, Ron. Uh, you and I had, I don't even think we actually debated this per se, as we, we were a little bit on a different side. I said, hey, listen, if you can, buy a house don't wait and your response to that was well let me disagree with that and say it's it's got to be within your budget and actually i think we're probably both on the same page there so what i was doing with this go ahead go ahead no go ahead and i'll finish yeah so the interesting piece about it is is that if we're going to sit there and talk about you know getting pre-approval then get your budget in line and i think where i feel and, and peter maybe you can weigh in on this too is 
if it's within your budget, don't worry about the near-term market conditions. Is my feeling. Like if yeah. I if I, if I can afford a three thousand dollar a month mortgage or you know whatever, and I want to go ahead and buy the house, just buy the house. You may have to sit in it for a couple of years to weather a market storm. If, if there you know because there probably is some sort of adjustment coming. Uh, but that's one thing. The other part of it is, is I do think, and you told me this yesterday, you're like, man, I, I really covered the South Bay. Is that going to apply to your audience, which is all over the nation, all over the world? And I think it does, because what you brought up, you know, we all know the old real estate adage of like, you know, location, location, location. Well, it's not just having an ocean view or the cool, nice school district or whatever. It's also being in a location where there is less uh, inventory than there is demand. Right. It's just good old supply and demand that we all learned in some form of economics class at some point or another. So I think the one thing about like buying in the South Bay, well, the prices are nuts. There's a finite amount of housing and there's no more land other than the article I read the other day where they're like, we should tear down golf courses and build more land. I was like, no, nah, that's, that's a horrible idea. Blasphemy. Donna, yeah. Blasphemy. I'd be like, yeah, cool, whatever. Dominic's like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, Why? you know. But um, but that said, is like I think that there's two pieces of it. I don't know. I, those are my two takeaways from that opening kind of. You, Peter, is have a budget, and then you know also be careful where you're buying. I, I would just add one other thing, Peter, before you jump back in. My only comment on that is because I've lived through two major housing market turndowns. One I benefited from. One I. One I didn't lose on, but I didn't win on. Yep. And so all stocks go up if you can hold them long enough, right? Except maybe Netflix and Disney right now with what's going on <laughs> over there. Yeah. But um, Dominic, someone agrees with you, by the way. Yeah. Don't take oh. away our golf courses. And that comment just got three like four likes. I mean, it's getting, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a, yes, I've got, a, I've got an audience. I'm here counting how many houses we can put on a golf course. Now. Admit it. Admit it, Dominic. <laughs> yeah. It's you secretly going in and like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, four yeah. times. Well, one of the times it was me. But, so I'll tell this story real quickly. My house, my very first house that I bought, I paid two sixty three for in nineteen ninety three. I dumped some money into it, sold it for about six hundred, a little over six hundred, in uh, nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. One of those, one of those. But the person before me, a couple years in nineteen eighty nine or ninety, paid six fifty for that house. So the house dropped in value enough that I could pick it up for less than half. This is California. Vista, so one town in from the from the beach town where Dominic's sitting right now, and basically one town in from where I live right now, and even with a pool and added square footage and all that stuff, it didn't quite go up. Now, if I'd wanted to stay there, we did fine on it, but the point is, over the long term, yes, real estate will always go up, but over the short term, it may not. Now, my other house we picked up for 1.3 i think right before and we we added again made it nice it went up to about two and a half million but then it dropped back down to about i think we sold it for 1.6 when we were getting divorced so the only thing that i would add to what peter's saying and what you guys are saying is simply hey just make sure if you're finding a place that it's a place you like not a place that you are desperate to get into um just to have something so you're not quote throwing away your money on the rent and secondly do think a little long term like okay 
if I don't want to live here, if this doesn't have the school districts, we don't have kids yet, but in five or six years, you know, will I want to live here at the very least? Can I rent it out and make my mortgage payment and, you know, cover that while I go get my next house? And I understand, Peter, one of the things that you do is you help a lot of investors buy places as well. Yeah, is that correct. That's correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, multi multifamily, I would say. And again, um, and kind of bringing it back to the local level, um, you know, in L.A. City, we have a thing called L.A. City rent control with a lot of people from outside don't really understand what that means. But that's a control on what you can raise rent annually. So there's a lot of properties, let's just say, in town that have relatively low rents. Um with the moratorium that took on the last couple of years, you were unable to raise rents or evict people due to this COVID moratorium. I would say LA City still kind of moved along in the sense of investors still buying because they wanted to park their money someplace and have some return, but the returns aren't as great as what they were, let's say, pre-COVID. Um, the reality is when you're dealing with rent increases, you can only do it a certain percentage, which is back to 3% annually. And that still hasn't been lifted yet. So that will probably start next year. Um, but, you know, people who are investing in, in multifamily, they got to understand the dynamic of what we were in the last couple of years. And a lot of people had COVID relief. The first question any multifamily property I sell is the agent calls me and says, is there anybody who has not been paying? And that's because the reality is you can't do anything about that person. So you're Tell me about it, it as a loss right <laughs> off the bat. And if your answer is yes, well, you know, that, that kind of starts on a bad note. And I'll tell you, there are properties where there's people who are not paying rent due to COVID relief or COVID issues. And at that point, you're starting with your numbers are skewed right off the bat. Um, so, so let me ask, I have a question on that. By the way, for yeah. anybody just tuning in, this is the Make More, Keep More. Um, I'm Ron Carruthers. That's Dominic of Real Biz Advisors. And then our guest today is Peter. I'll let you give out your contact stuff whenever you feel like it, Peter. But um, the is that what is the status of that COVID relief in California or specifically LA County? Do are people having to pay their rent now? Has that gone away? Oh, and you even got a hello, Peter, with yeah. a bunch of wavy faces. Peter has a fan, right? Nice. What what is the status of that, Peter? Don't get distracted by your fans. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. look you guys up later if you're single and looking to mingle. We'll take um, care of you, Peter. It's all it just kind of like everywhere. It's kind of I would say it's slowly easing. I would say I think in LA City they announced that starting next year it's going to be lifted. Um, of course they have the right to next change that. Next year, yeah, I don't see anything. I, I think they extended it because what they said is coming to a certain point, and then there's still a grace period after oh, that. My. God, um, but, people up there, man. But the reality is that, um, you know, we're moving out of it. And I think that um, um, rents, whenever a vacancy does happen in a building, which, you know, if that's what can happen, then you can obviously jump your jump your rent to market rent at that point. So, um, you know, if you have somebody who's been there and you've only been able to increase them for 4% annually, you can imagine most of the time that's not keeping up with what the rates of rent have gone to. So no. the reality is that, you're almost banking on a vacancy so that you can get it at market value. Um, so yeah. that's, that's where that's at. Okay. Yeah. It's, 
California stuff. You know what, Dominic? I'm moving to Texas. I'm going to buy the house next door to Joe Rogan. I'm going to live between Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, Elon Musk is living in everybody else's uh, living room, so maybe he could You know what? I'll, let Elon, I'll let Elon come and crash in my house. He can come and, you know. Actually, yeah. I'd probably, I think he might be a little weird. I might kick him out after a day or two. Be like, Elon, <laughs> look, man, you're too, you're freaking me out, dude. I'm a fan. I'm a fan from afar. Uh, all right so let's let's talk about let's go back to our first time home buyer let's presume you've gotten um there there's some neat things that that i know like so for instance my wife's brother who you also obviously know very well peter uh you know uh has bought some houses a number of houses and things and it's surprising to me about some of the things that like the as a first time home buyer the amount of money that you you need to come in with isn't as much as probably people think is what i'm hearing is that is that accurate like what's what's kind of like what what should i budget what should i if figuring i figure i could cover the monthly nut let's say that's that's taken care of my next step is figure out how much money i need to save up to put a down payment what is that is there some first time home buyer cool stuff for those folks yeah i mean listen the, there's always the the fha the three and a half percent down is is kind of the most classic one i would say I think there's going to be a shift, you know, and I, and I talked to some lenders recently and they're going to get creative now on because of the jump in rates. And I think you'll probably start seeing a little bit more of maybe some variable rates that people will start to consider, you know, which obviously can change after five or 10 years. Um, but, you know, everybody's very stuck in the sense of which is fine. It's kind of the way we're kind of our mentality is the 30 year fixed, the 30 year fixed. Right. And that's kind of the reality of what most people when they're buying a home, they're buying it on that rate. Um, but yeah, first time buyers, three and a half percent is, is, you know, your classic FHA first time buyer. Um, obviously, you know, the idea there is there's always a PMI, which is that property insurance that, that goes along property mortgage insurance. So, um, the idea is to get in, get it to something you can afford monthly. And then from there, hopefully you can build some equity and over time, then you can refi that and then remove that PMI from your property. I mean, that's, that's the goal for people who are buying with a first time buyer with three and a half percent down is to kind of get in there and build some equity. Hopefully the market continues to grow in the right direction. And then you can hopefully refi and, and show that you have enough value in the property to, 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 uh, to refi that loan. You know, if I can jump in for a second, just for anybody who's not, totally familiar with what Peter's talking about. First of all, it's a common misconception that you need 20% down to buy a house. Um, because that's kind of what gets put out there. You can buy with a lot less, like Peter was saying, with three and a half percent down on an FHA loan. Peter, what are the limits on an FHA loan? Like how much can you how much house can you buy and still have three and a half um. I don't know the total. I got I'll have to get back to you on that and give you the right. exact we'll loan amount on that, that next yeah. for you guys. But if you put less than 20% down, then they're going to charge you a little bit more insurance. That stands for, I think, private mortgage insurance, basically because they're going, look, you have no real investment in this house. So we want to protect our investment. We're going to make you pay an extra insurance so that if you walk from this place or foreclose, we're at least made whole. Why do they do that in case the house has gone down and is now worthless? So people get really scared of that. But I would argue, hey, it's much easier to get into a house with three and a half percent down, particularly if you're young or starting out or taking care of your other investments 
And people also get really scared, you know, if you follow the Dave Ramsey or some of the other uh, alleged gurus out there, they're like, that's, you know, the borrowers, the slave to the lender, pay that thing off, get 15 year mortgage. I would argue, do what you can do to get in the house that's reasonable. So don't be scared of a variable rate loan. Do not definitely never take a 15, take a 30. If they'll give you 40, take that. I'll explain the math behind that later. But private mortgage insurance is if you have less than a 20% down, it's an extra fee that's going to get tacked on there. Um, All right. Keep going, y'all. Well, so uh, now we know why apparently uh, one of Peter's fan club is that they got uh, got her or well, Scary's comics into uh, their first home. So congratulations. Nice job, Peter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I think that question that just swung by here, uh, there was a question about FHA a minute ago, and I think we mostly covered that. There was quite a question about maybe we could touch on it. Is there a credit score limit usually on FHA or does it have to be above 700 or do you see it kind of being a little flexible? Um, no, I think there is a limit on that too, but you know, the reality is that it's gonna, um, and you know, that that's the other problem is, you know, I think people forget about their credit score going back to getting pre-approved, you know, you forget about that and the importance of that, but that does affect rate and what you can, what you can ultimately afford too, is that because they look at all those liabilities as far as getting you pre-approved. So, yeah. And so, by the way, so- I would, I would just say one other thing, guys because I see this happen over and over and over again. When you are in the pre-approval process and you are trying to buy a home, do not freaking buy anything on credit. Don't go to the Home Depot because this happened. And the Home Depot was like, hey, man, you get like 20 bucks off your order Mm -hmm. if you open a Home Depot credit line with us. And one of my clients was like, 20 bucks is $20. Hell yeah. And then his loan got turned down because like, sir, you you had your you were pre-approved, but you opened another credit line. And the untold amount of grief that that client went through to try and close that credit line down and get him to reapprove his mortgage over like a hundred dollar drill was foolish. So just that's kind of my mortgage tip for the day. So yeah, I'd echo that with I know somebody who applied for a car after they'd gotten pre-approved and, and bought a brand new, you know, BMW at eleven hundred dollar a month payment. Uh, yeah, that didn't help sleeping that pre-approval. BMW. <laughs> yeah, and uh and then I it's got a big trunk. Other, some other sneaky ones that have popped up over the years is uh old tax liens potentially or some form of like you you owe the IRS money somewhere along the line and then you go to apply for a house. Uh they will find that. Uh, those are ones that do, or old medical payments. I see those ones pop up periodically. I've heard stories about like somebody's like some doctor from two, five years ago put a, you know, uh, you know, hitman out on them for their unpaid <laughs> medical bill of fifty Doctors bucks. And all, of a paid, they can't, yeah, all of a sudden they can't get anything. So you gotta be real careful. So definitely watch that credit. All right. So and one know, and one person, hold on, we'll come back to Peter in a minute. One person went through and mentioned like, hey, there's a huge difference if you're self-employed versus an employee. We've got Peter on. It's kind of our real estate expert. If you want to speak to that, um, great. But but I really wanted to focus on the real estate side, and I'll make sure we get a mortgage guy on here if you don't feel like that's in your wheelhouse there. Yeah, well, I think that's changing so much right now, too. I feel like that's a whole other aspect of it. So I think that's probably a whole other individual that maybe can address some of these we'll get, more we'll in-depth get questions. On that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you go into self-employed, and and trust me, having been yeah. self-employed for thirty-one years, I feel your pain because it's a whole different ball of wax. 
Peter, what is. are the most common what are the most common mistakes that people make when they're looking and or buying their first home or any home for that matter? Well, listen, you know, there's a misconception, like, you know, once your offer gets accepted, like, you know, and I hate to go back to the first time buyer, but even um, individuals who have bought second or, or this is their third property, but like, you know, there's an inspection period. There's a whole, there's a whole process in buying a home that we go through. So, you know, a lot of people have cold feet, which is normal. And, and they get nervous at that point when they have to uh, write an offer. And then, so I've had people, I call them and say, great news, your offer's accepted. And they say, oh my God, like they almost have a panic attack, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, like they, they probably in the back of their mind, they didn't want it to get accepted because they're nervous about what's next. Um, yeah. what I tell people, and, you know, we walk through these processes and, 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 and the evaluation of a home and, you know, what goes through that process of a home inspection and checking everything on the home and the appraisal and, and getting your loan, um, approved. The reality is you have time during that inspection period to find out what you need to know about this home. And, you know, that's a point where, um, we can renegotiate price. We can renegotiate any credits. We can renegotiate repairs to be done. Um, so sometimes, you know, the initial numbers, as you can see, you'll see a property goes into escrow right away and it's probably full price, but then it gets sold for less. Well, there's obviously a process to get to that. Um, a lot of buyers are very nervous about that time um, as far as what they have to go through and what, but that's kind of the idea of having a real estate agent. I mean, we're providing a service for people to kind of walk them through that. And there's a lot of great agents out there. There's a lot of great um, people who know that process. I would say um, you should always have somebody who knows a little bit about, I wouldn't, I use the general word construction, but you've got to have an understanding of what things cost nowadays too, because I hate to say it, but what my parents paid um, to change a bathroom out 15 years ago, I mean, those numbers are gone, but sometimes buyers in their mind think I could remodel this bathroom for 2000 bucks. And the reality is go to, go, to home, go to Home Depot and pick up a two by four, you know, and you'll see what that costs, you know? So, yep. you know, the cost of goods, as far as construction, um, you know, the service industry, as far as construction workers and what that costs, I mean, the reality is everybody's um, salaries are increasing in that industry. They're making more money, but somebody's paying for that because the demand is there. So, you know, you got to know um, what something's going to cost to remodel if you're going to get into a property that needs work, um, but not a price from 10 years ago. You got to get a quote from somebody today because I think people are, are a little bit sticker shocked when they see what things cost nowadays as far as remodeling a home. And that process, I, going back to kind of the inspection period, you go through that for, through the first 10 or seven 15 days of an escrow. And then that's when you figure out what you need to know about the property. So uh, I got, I actually can tell you a story that Peter helped us navigate on our house. But before I do that, just for those of you who join, a whole bunch of people just join on. This is the make more, keep more show. My name is Dominic. I am typically the make more guy and Ron Carruthers in the gray sweatshirt. There is the keep more guy. Uh, and we have Peter on today to talk about real estate, real estate investing, getting into the market i'm going to ask him to break out his crystal ball here in a little bit about the market oh, boy. That in a second. um but uh, the goal of this show is all things money help you make more money whether that be you know uh through investments through your sales through whatever and then keeping more of that money in your pocket not necessarily giving it all to uncle sam setting yourself up for early retirement if you can and, and real estate's a big piece of that so that's why we have peter on here 
So one of the things that Peter just mentioned, I mean, it's such a great point that I do think that first time home buyers don't two, two things about it. Actually, that inspection is super critical. And a good friend of mine was looking at a house uh, a while back and they were super excited about the house, got into the inspection and found out like they did. They wanted they were the you know, a homeowner was pushing to like get some of the inspections waived and, you know, do all that type of stuff, which I was like, hmm, that's weird. Why are they pushing so hard for that? Well, it turned out, you know, that they did the radon inspection. They didn't want to do that. It was like 10 times the normal limit inside that house. <laughs> they they had all sorts of other issues. And the thing that I saw was for them to go, well, you know, maybe we could just have this all just fixed. It's okay. Because they fell in love with the house. And I think first time home buyers maybe is, is take those inspections seriously. Don't necessarily fall in the fall in love with the house if you don't know you know, and don't, don't, don't get yourself into a bad situation that you can't afford because you might already be stretching yourself with the mortgage payment. But I'll tell you a real story with Peter helped us buy our house that we're currently. And when we went in there, um, you know, Ivana's cousins, the construction guys, we haven't, we have somebody who can come talk about it. We had him walk the house. We knew there were problems with the house, but the view is unreal. So it was worth it to us. We loved the house. We knew it would take a lot of money. So we actually had him write up a quote. Peter actually negotiated with the homeowners to say, hey, is it okay if we use this person? The, the other real estate agent was like, yeah, I know him. That's fine. He can he could be the construction quote. Ran up a quote. We had him write it up for worst case scenario. Like if we find this is even worse, you know, than we think, then how can you write that up? And Peter got that dollar for dollar removed off the cost of the house. The ultimate Not cost to us was about half of what the quote was. So you know, we netted out positive on that situation, got into a house in a tough market at the time, an expensive market. Obviously, it's it's crazy now. The house is almost doubled in value, but the uh, but it allowed us to get into something. So that working with a real estate agent like Peter, you know, is so important and and doing that. And I think, well, that was my wife who just posted that. She's sitting five feet away from me, but she posted <laughs> that question. That's going to go. Like, but I do think. I, that's a great point is you have to treat this like a business transaction, like anything else. You can't get emotionally tied to it as an investment. You know, like if you're buying some stocks, I see people who buy some stocks and get emotionally tied to something and then, you know, ride it to the ground. Got to be careful with that. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, Ron? I mean, do you, do you treat this like a business transaction and keep it, keep your, Look, to I'll keep tell you guys out of it. First of all, Hey, Nikki and Hey, lovely CJP. I see you guys out there, but, um, Oh, and Hey, Alessandra. And we'll take some questions in a moment, Ivana, if you can just pull any of those that scrolled by. But um, look, I would, if I had it to do all over again, not only would I treat it like a business transaction, I would turn around and buy a rental before I would actually buy a place to move in. That, that's me personally. And, um, I, and I would treat it just like a business transaction in the sense that I would buy the, the smallest home that I could comfortably expect to stay in for a decent period of time. Meaning if I knew I was going to have two kids, I'd make sure, and I didn't have them, I'd make sure I had a place to put them, but I wouldn't overbuy and try to try to get more square footage than I was actually going to use. Cause I had one of those houses, you know, like, don't be me that, that $2 million house. We had rooms. I lived in that house almost 10 years. I never stepped foot into. It was just <laughs> stupid. Now, the house was awesome. It was. I mean, we it was a beautiful had, house. Yeah, I had an outdoor kitchen. I had a pool. I had a hot tub. I had a fire pit. I, I liked the house. but um, And someone else just mentioned here that they house hacked. 
their first house, which is they bought a three bedroom house, rented out two of the bedrooms. That's a really smart way to do it. But um, yeah, I would absolutely treat it like a stone cold business thing and not get in love with anything. Just be really careful about any of that. Do we have any other questions that Ivana has flagged over there for Peter or for either of us or any good comments that we should repeat back to everybody? By the way, is I know what apparently since Peter has a fan club, they the people need to know, Peter, are you single? Oh my God. Yeah. No, I'm married with two kids. That was up since 5 30 this morning chasing girls that my little daughter's around the house. So that's uh, (laughs) you you have that kind of marriage. All right. Peter's available in the DMs there. Your wife allows it. Now his Dominic and I to judge. His wife would uh, cut you. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> like my wife. You, you, uh, you don't want to mess with these ladies. These are. I'm these just are, the uh, host, man. I'm trying to give the people what they want. What they want. They want Peter. more Peter. We're going to give them more Peter. Yeah, so if I, if I'll, I'll just want to kick off just one more thing in the yeah. sense of like if I'm putting myself as a listing agent, right? So if somebody comes to me and I'm the listing agent, and there's another agent coming with a buyer's request for repair, I just thought I'd add this really quick. Um, kind of knowing what things cost as well. I'm going to head back to that. You kind of know then if the request for repair is legitimate or not, right? So I've had people come to me and say, um, I don't know, I need to replace the roof. I want $40,000. The reality is we know a roof costs $15,000. So it's people use that as an approach to obviously try to capitalize on things. But when you have proper representation and having an agent represent you who also knows what these things cost, they can guide homeowners through there. I hate to say it, a lot of homeowners don't know what's wrong with their house until they get into escrow and all of a sudden something hits them like your sewer, your sewer line is cracked. Well, you know, those are big ticket items. Um, so the reality is, how do you defend yourself against those things as a homeowner? That's a whole other aspect of selling. Um, but, you know, having an understanding of the cost of construction is very important in real estate. I think like I think somebody here had mentioned um, getting three bids 100 percent, you know, and, and I, not, I'm not saying um, you go with the cheapest guy because that's not always the most important thing. But the reality is um, getting multiple bids really then tells you what the market is telling you what that costs to redo that repair. Right. So. All right. Fair enough, man. Good lesson there. Hey, we got a couple of questions that came in on my phone um, that I can't tell if you guys can see or not. Yeah. But Ray's Amico, look, check this out. I can even throw it on the screen there. What? Is it better to get an FHA or conventional loan if your credit score is above 700? Now, I know you're not the mortgage guy, but do you have any quick thoughts on that, Peter? Um, well, obviously, FHA is for first-time buyer only, right? So that's... Okay. You have to be in that. I didn't know that. So that's that's that that weeds out anybody who's who's doing anything else. But but if um, you are a first time buyer and you had the choice, which is better? Is one better if you got decent? I think you'll see what your monthly payment's going to be based on that PMI we talked about, right? So I think you have to again go back to what your monthly payment's going to be on that. So and then you'll determine. so, So check them both out. Yeah. Um, and then we got this one, which is, I can answer this one. Is there a difference between working with a mortgage lender versus a mortgage broker? I think what you want is someone that can work with multiple banks, because particularly if you are self-employed, having more options, because one bank may hate you, but the other bank may love you. That's my understanding. Peter, is that correct? Or Dominic? 
Is that correct? Yeah, I would guys- say, and, I, and I would say different different brokers uh, specialize in different products, right? I mean, I've noticed over the last five years, some of the big banks we call B of A, Wells Fargo, they've been really competitive on the jumbo market. And then, um, you know, you'll get the local broker who's very good on the local level as far as getting maybe a more aggressive rate. So I think the bottom line is kind of, it's not, I hate to say it's relationship based too. You know, you want somebody on the other end who's going to make sure they close the deal for you and help you through that process. Um, again, this is not a knock on B of A or Chase or Wells Fargo at all, but you do almost become a number for them. And when you get through that process, you got to make sure that that person you're working with is going to guide you through because um, on the other level, if you're working with somebody who's an individual broker in that sense, you know, they're really there from start to finish. You just don't want to get lost and get into escrow and all of a sudden things fall apart because something's not working out on their end of things, right? So. Yeah, that's right. a great point. I, I worked at Citigroup for a long time and, you know, you, you we did a lot of mortgage lending pre-last bubble. And, uh, you know, it, I think it you, you it's hit and miss. You're going to find somebody yeah. who's amazing in there. Whereas with a typical broker, because they're working with different relationships and they're maybe self-employed or in a smaller house, like they better, they got to get every one of those deals right versus they got enough volume to, to not worry about it. Right. Um, we had a couple questions that popped up. Did you, I think one of them was, how do you choose an agent? I would imagine that follows the same line. I mean, is it, do you just choose somebody who you feel like you need to work with or does it matter how much experience they have, local knowledge? Well, listen, Dom, I'm going to kick this, give you a little bit of street cred right here. I listen to you a lot in the sense of some of the things you post. And, um, you know, it's not all about just selling yourself all the time. And and I hate to say it, but I'm I'm not that hard salesman. You know, I really try to build just friendships and relationships with people. And I guess that kind of comes from coming from a family business of 47 years and like, my dad always mentioned, like, you got to be able to see that person at the grocery store and know that you did the best you could do for that person. Right. So, um, you know, there's a lot of agents out there, um, who love the self-promotion, who love all of that. And that's all good. I I have no problem with any of that, but I think the reality is you want to work with somebody who's going to be number one, um, available, (laughs) trustworthy. Right. And, um, and, Listen, volume's important, right? You want to know that they're doing something in the uh, in the in the local market and and have sales because that obviously um, is is important to know what type of business they're running. But the reality is, most of it's kind of referral based. You know, you kind of come to business because people refer you and trust you, and then they recommend you to somebody else. And you know, eighty percent of what our business is is referral and past client. You know, so I I can't I think that. If you can see that happening with an agent and whether that's somebody who's local, I, I, I'm all about local first. You got You can't get somebody from outside and tell you what's happening on that neighborhood and that street and what's been the sales there. Um, so number one question is, how do you choose somebody? Well, find somebody who's, who's, who's at least local and then has um, some sort of, some sort of um, I guess, uh, background in what they're doing there, you know, so. Well, I saw to, to give you a horror story on that one. Like we, I think I may have told you about this, but I was helping uh, one of my clients. I uh, was, you know, working with them on some stuff, and and they happened to be trying to buy a house out in Florida. And the agent there was relatively new, which she was a sweetheart. I mean, really tried hard, took them to a million different houses. It's a tough market out there, 
And uh, they got into escrow on one of them, and she completely forgot to provide them the HOA rules. And they all they got them, thankfully, like hours before the contingency expired <laughs> because she just forgot to send them. She'd never done it before. She never thought about the HOA rules. Well, it completely drastically changed their outlook on the house because the HOA rules made a difference on some of the remodels they wanted to do were not allowed in the HOA rules. And they literally, if they had gone past that time, I mean, I'm sure there might've been another way to get out of that house, but they, they thankfully only had hours left to get out of escrow to read like a 75 page homeowner association rules. And that was just pure 100% mistake by a rookie real estate agent who just never been through that before. So I think, yeah, it's that local knowledge. It's they've done a few transactions and, you know, you, you got to be careful. And even if they're rookie, make sure they're backed by somebody who isn't, right? Yeah. You know, we all start by, somewhere. By the way, I will add something. That's a really important point is find out if there's an HOA because HOAs are seriously some of the most terrible people on the planet <laughs> um, because it, it seriously attracts the uh, totalitarian aspects of i mean seriously if you want to go I, I it's a meme somewhere it's like if you want to go i forget the way the meme's worded but if you want to go find out how truly awful people are or something like that show up at a homeowners association and try to talk rationally and respectfully and see what happens um so part of the reason like i've had people post like well i heard you should never live in a neighborhood with you know power lines it's like look my neighborhood is you know 50, 60 years old, but we don't have a homeowners association. And that's a huge deal for me because yeah. I don't want anybody telling me now, look, you know, we got a couple neighbors that painted their house some weird colors, whatever, <laughs> man. You know, for me, that would be a deal breaker is having to deal with those people. So yeah. that's not my big deal. By the way, lovely CJP wrote, also make sure that for whoever you're working with that the personalities match. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. And so, I think that's a lot on the lending side too, because you got to now disclose a lot of your financials to people and you got to like make sure that that, so when people come to me and don't have a lender, I really try to match them us like that personality to me, connection is very important on the lending side of things, just as much as it is on the real estate side of things. But that was a great point by that. By that yeah, it's a big deal. Like she was mentioning, I'm assuming it's a she with the lovely, no, yeah. I apologize for assuming your gender. If you're not lovely CJP, but, um, yeah, she's like, I'm a sort of aggressive. My guy was super, or gal was super laid back. And that obviously would not work. So yeah. what's the stuff? Do we have any questions over there, Dominic, that we didn't get to? Yeah, yet? we had one that was kind of an interesting question. I don't, it's a fascinating one to me for, because we don't see this much in LA, let's be honest. But somebody said, would you just say, would you buy, build your house versus try to buy one as your first house so you don't have to deal with all the remodels and stuff. I, I mean, I, don't know, I saw open property. Peter, to buy. stay out of this one. I'm handling that. I've done it two times myself, so I'll tell you right now what that's like, but you go ahead first, yeah. We built, we built a semi-custom, and it was an absolute, I won't say disaster, but here's what it was. I had no idea of what we were doing. And so when you start to think and the contractor comes to you and is like, how high do you want the island in the center? How many outlets do you want? Where do you want them placed? Like, how the freak do I know? Like, I don't know, man. Just put them where they're supposed to go. I don't know, man. Put them the normal height. And it was every little decision, which sounds great. Like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to get it exactly the one. Let me tell you what happened. I 
freaking hated this house from the moment I moved into it. <laughs> because let me tell you one other thing that this dickhead builder did that he didn't show on paper, but really that just the whole experience to me just sucked beyond belief. Um, what he did was he tried to squeeze in. This was late. When was this? Like early 2000s. The market hadn't really crashed yet. Um, if you guys remember in 2000 is when the dot-com bust hit, the market was down. And in San Diego, we had a bunch of quillionaires, we call them. They were Qualcomm, Qualcomm millionaires that had all the money. Hey, babe, um, I'll see you later. If you come over, you're going to be on camera. All right. Bye, babe. Um, anyway, so, okay, the chicken's still out. All right, I'll take, I'll listen. Anyway, um, so what happened was, None of my, a lot of my neighbors were from Qualcomm, so their stock had crashed, so they couldn't finish their places. But what he did that you couldn't see on paper was my first story, he built the house next door to us on a pad that was 10 feet higher than ours. So their driveway wrapped around 10 feet higher my entire house. So when you had a first floor bedroom, you looked out to a wall that he had created. Now, look, I realize that's not going to happen to everybody. That was just, I would have breakfast at my coffee nook and look up at the neighbor's transmission of their car that they had parked alongside of their house. So my deal sucked exceptionally hard. By the way, the market, the housing market was still going up. I made money on the deal when we sold it like less than a year later and got the other house that we were living in. But for my personality where I have other businesses to take care of, I found it to be an absolute shit show of decisions that I ultimately wasn't, um, you know, I didn't enjoy the process, not even a little bit. I would seriously rather go for 365 days of colonoscopies back to back, <laughs> to, back to back to back than ever try to build a house again. But you know, that, I, lo I love the process and it was so much fun. Oh, and I'd rather have, by the way, after having a morning colonoscopy, I would love to go into the dentist and have him do some work on my teeth without anesthesia. <laughs> so there you go. I will say it's funny. I, I built a, a shed and, uh, you know, you got, well, you both, oh, actually, Peter, you haven't seen it, but Ron's been in it. I mean, you guys see my little studio. I like to call it studio rather than shed. Sure. Uh, but for the purposes of LA, uh, you know, LA city, we call it a shed. Um, for, for, I'm going to snitch on you and tell them it's permitting reasons. I'm going to yeah. snitch on you and tell them. Don't, don't do that. For, a modest price, for a modest price, my silence can be brought. Yeah, down, but okay? you know, I mean, what if, if Ivana's cousin becomes mayor, then we're good. I mean, you know, it's, it's really so anyway. So, uh, but yeah, the uh, uh, I, it's funny how like that room because I just designed the whole thing myself because you know, we had a couple guys come in and build it and whatever. It's just, I had to like. I have, yeah, the outlets are on the wrong side of the office. The place, I mean, I, I don't even, that was a 10 foot by 12 foot little shed. And I put all the outlets in the wrong places, the windows, the wrong places, the, the, the door, the wrong size, because I fancy myself a designer and I'm not. So yeah. Peter, so Peter, do you have another other side of it? Was it? Hold like on, hold on. I just want to say that, <laughs> I just want to say that B. Rent Williams says that dentists are awesome. And I would like you guys all to know that dentists are the hardest partiers. If you guys did not know this, the dentists love to get down. So anyway, you know what? Dentists are awesome. Well, and Peter, what HR would you director. say about building a house since you've done it twice? Well, listen, I, I, there's no, there's no way around it. Those TV do, you know, DIY shows have become 
the best thing on TV, right? And I hate to say it, but you look at those things and the show's done in 30 minutes and you're like, I can do this. This is no problem, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, get you. I, here's what I tell everybody is um, it's going to take you double the amount of time and double the amount of money. And and if it's better than that, then you just- If you're lucky. Yeah, if and it's lucky. not- and they're like, no, no, I can do, well, again, go to Home Depot and walk down the aisle and tell me what it costs to buy anything. So number one, I think the sticker shock is, is, is that, but, um, you know, and building in different cities, God, I can't tell you like the rules and regulations in LA city, what that is compared to building in Rancho Poli. I mean, it's, you got to know somebody who's doing it locally because the rules are so different everywhere. The yeah. permits are different. The zoning's oh, yeah. different. So yeah, sure. Let's go throw up a two-story house here on this doesn't work like that you know so there's so much that goes into that whole process before you're doing it so yeah i mean good and bad i mean sure you get the product you want it's 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 stressful beyond belief i mean like you said just choosing an outlet i mean you think that's easy right wait you got to make a decision on fifteen thousand dollar floors and you got to hope they come out right you know so well and at some point you start to go i don't care wherever just yeah just do it totally for that decision yeah and and totally you bring up the cost of house prices, but I don't know if you guys noticed, like maybe some of the folks listening, sheets of plywood, three quarter inch plywood went up to $80 a sheet at their peak. And if this stuff with what, China, what like, did they, by the way, hold on. What did it used to be? Cause oh, I have no like idea because the last place you're, the last place you're ever going to catch me is at a home Depot. Unless I'm no, buying I mean, a girl. Even uh, you know, the two by fours used to be a buck a piece ish. And now they're five plus dollars for two by fours. You add that up to how much Damn. you need. One of our flooring uh, guy uh, was talking about a quote he had done Thanks. for $15,000 flooring. And he's like, I had to redo the quote because the cost of uh, the wood went up. It was $45,000 all of a sudden for oh. the same floor. So, you know, those, yeah, you got to account for all that. So, Hey, this is all right. Like I, so everybody, if you've just joined in, this is the make more, keep more show. I'm Dominic Cummins. That's Ron Carruthers in the gray sweatshirt. Uh, what is that? Northeastern or is it yeah, what you're wearing? It's back. All my sweatshirts are from, all my sweatshirts are for my kids. So, uh, there you go. one went to Northeastern, one went to USC, one, one's at Berkeley. And, um, and it looks like the baby giant, that's my middle kid, Brennan, looks like he's going to go to UT Law. So uh, I think tonight, my exciting Friday night is I'm going to go down and buy me a pullover UT Austin hoodie with a pouch. Those are my favorite kinds. So, uh, by the way, best college football experience ever is UT. Let me tell you, that oh, dude, we're going, is awesome. Hold on. So let me tell you something. We're going... That's the number one thing. So first of all, he was supposed to go to Duke Law last year. And I'm like, like, bitch, you better get me some tickets. We're going to a Coach K basketball game. Like, I, I paid for, you know, I supported you for a lot of years. So I don't care what you got to do. You need to get those tickets. And then when he was like, eh, I think I'm going to hold off. I need to hold off for, for good reasons. I'm like, Coach K better not retire. Yeah. Of course, Coach Hay retired, although I don't know if he stayed retired. Then he was like, well, I really like Austin Law. I'm like, all right, we can accept that. We'll go to a UT, uh, we'll go to a UT football game. So, Dom, you got to come out. Peter, you can come if you want. Dom, I'm in. Yeah. for you that you're clearing oh, out. Well, Dom, is, uh, Dom and I have a good time. Yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, we do. We do. We're trying to get any fights. Uh, so, the uh, uh, yeah, UT, UT is a great school. I'm a USC fan, but that, that is, that's, a, that's an awesome place. All right, so let's get out the crystal ball. It's, you know, everybody's on here waiting to hear what the real oh, thing is. So, uh, so what, what do you think about the market? And we know this is, hey, we know it's recorded. 
and you're legally bound to whatever you say next. So sure, don't, yeah. don't totally. worry about it. Like, you know, no stress. It will, go, it will go up and then it will go down unless it goes down before it goes up. And then I saw Mike <laughs> join on. So no pressure there. I saw Mike joining on earlier. So, you know, no pressure that your business partners in on this, this discussion yeah. now too. So no, but so tell me, tell me which, I mean, obviously we know it's, it's L, I'll give you all the disclaimers. I know it's LA, South Bay specific, all that kind of stuff. But what's your thoughts around this market? Interest rates are going up. Prices are crazy. What do you think is happening? So I'll give Mike a little, a little, uh, a little shot here. One of his famous lines at Mike Harper lines is, "Real estate is not an exact science, right? So there's not, there's no way to know exactly where this is going." Oh, gee, thanks, thanks, you know? Mike. So, <laughs> obvious. Um, maybe, you know? <laughs> so, but you know, it's like the reality is that um, uh, I, I, I don't see a big shift, and you know, people are worried about this like huge drop or, or. I mean, wh why, where? I don't, I don't, I don't see it. You know, I mean, there's still a ton of people out there buying homes. There's still people out there waiting on the sidelines. There's still a ton of investors who want to put their money into real estate. Um, I don't see any big. Uh, sure, I would say the slowdown is more maybe the you know we saw and I'll, the simple way to put it is I go to an open house and I have a listing. We used to maybe have forty people show up on an open house and maybe there's only twenty. I mean. The reality is they're still coming. Um, people are 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 there. The buyers are still there. I, I don't see I don't see a big shift unless we get to some ridiculous interest rates, which I mean you're talking anything above seven or eight, then people maybe hit the panic button. But I think if we're just kind of hovering around this, there I don't see any reason for anything to drop off over the next six six months, you know. Yeah. And oh, yeah, there's a good one. I love that. Con uh, that's a great line for you, uh, Ron. You can you can cover I'll that. Explain it. Your, I'll explain yeah, it. But, um, but I do think, you know, it's interesting. I think about my parents in uh, 1987, I want to say they bought their house here in Oceanside at 12 or 14 percent interest. Yeah. So, you know, people continue to buy because they wanted a house. They sold their other house. They made good money on that house. And then they bought this one. And, you know, um, you know, it's probably gone up by at least a million dollars since my parents bought it. But well, went, no, actually way more than that. But, you know, so I think that you know, but they bought a house that my mom absolutely fell in love with. Um, she thought it was amazing and she bought it. Right. So I think that that's a, you know, or they bought it. And, uh, you know, I think that you're right. There's always going to be there's that demand and not to get too too hung up on it as long as it fits in your budget. So, Ron, explain your your phrase around. Well, budget. before we before we do that, a couple of things. Virat uh, Williams, I think the dentist or married to a dentist or has a kid who's a dentist or something. First of all, we need to know, um, do you have any hookup on laughing gas? I'm asking for a friend for medicinal purposes to joke you guys, <laughs> but not really. Um, that thought is that, hey, it'll come down 5%, maybe nothing like the 20% that we saw in 08. So let me just elaborate on that. If you guys, when you're done, and then we'll get to your local crack babies comment. But um, around here, the correction was about 50% in 2008. And it took years before it got back up to break even. Now, I personally don't think we'll have a 50% correction, but I do think one might be coming because the market has gone basically straight up since 2011, where it kind of bottomed out. And so here's the thing you got to keep in mind. Prices have really accelerated over the last 12 months, which is usually what a market does before it corrects. If you look at any market, 
crypto, stock market. And then what Peter said right at the beginning is very interesting, which is like, hey, you still can't evict people. So the rental market is kind of tied up because you might be buying a rental that you can't throw anybody out of. And so that portion of the market is tied up. So you've also got a supply side that's getting limited, just like we're seeing at the Home Depot with two by fours and stuff like that. So if you got, and by the way, if you guys want to go look at a picture, go to fhfa.org, the Federal Housing and Finance Administration, and down on their homepage, on the left-hand side, about halfway down, it'll say housing price index calculator sums. Enter any state you want, and the, the fir- it'll track 30 years of data. So go back to put in a $100,000 house in 1991, like Q1, I think, which is as far back as it goes. And then turn around and go take a look at track that price up and then down and up again and look at how sharply it spiked right at the end there. So I'm like, eh, I see because the market crashed. And what you don't see is right before that where the market was way high because then it crashed right before in 90. So you're seeing kind of like after it. So look, I hope it doesn't. But I think there may be something to that. Now, one of the things that I say, and I want you guys, this is kind of like put it in your pipe and smoke this over the weekend, is always keep in mind that a mortgage is not a loan on your house. It is a loan against your income secured by your house. And if you stop and think about this, and Peter, you can vouch for this. Dominic, you can vouch for this. When you guys are going through the mortgage process, if you've never gone through it before, they're going to ask you a freak ton of questions about your income, your assets, your credit scores. They're going to basically crawl into your life and not leave for a couple of months. That at some point in there, they're going to call somebody to drive by, look at the house, make sure there's actually a house there maybe even poke their head in it and do an appraisal on it, which is basically going to be whatever the selling price is likely and what the most recent two houses in the neighborhood sold for. But they're going to spend way more time on your income. So just keep that in mind. A mortgage on a home you live in is a loan against your income secured by your house. It's not a loan on the house. Now, when you get into rental and commercial, that's a whole different deal because it's supported by rents and things like that. And we're actually going to have my homeboy Chris on for that. Um, bye, B. Ritt. It was good seeing you. Glad to have you. Um, but we'll have Chris, who owns a bank, on to talk about the commercial side of things and some SBA lending and some cool stuff he does. But um, that's really just something to think about as we begin to wind down the show here. Did we have any other questions, Dominic, that Ivana tracked? Um, I don't. She'll give me the uh, indicator right in a second here. But I will say that that probably is that is also why the question came up earlier, and we will definitely talk about this with with getting your your lending expert on. Is this is why it's hard for a self employed person to get harder for a self employed person to get a mortgage or get a refinance because it is a it is a, it's a loan against your income and income as a self-employed person is by nature unpredictable and harder to kind of look at and diagnose for a lender. So it's, and we're going to chat about that next week, by the way, I've got some tips for people that are self-employed of ways to handle this, particularly 
while you can still minimize the taxes you pay. And I can't read that, but Ines Lawland or whatever, Lana's Lawland, we're glad to have you. But um, I think I read that right. Sorry if I butchered your name. Or Ian, maybe? Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, your local crack baby is good to have you. But um, Peter, what's the one last thing that you would add to what's the one thing that we should have asked you or people should know that we didn't talk about yet? The one final tip that you would close with. Oh boy, you put me on the spot here. Um, I feel like we covered quite a bit as far as the aspect of things. I would say, I thought, Ron, actually what you had mentioned was was spot on. And, I, and I'll just reemphasize that, I guess, as my last point is, um, is that a place where you're going to stay for five years? Let's just put it that way. Are you going to live there? Do you want to live there? Are your kids going to go to school there? Um, I mean, that ultimately tells you if you're in it for the long haul or not, and then you're not really worried about the market at that point. You're kind of, you're there because you want to live there. So, um, you know, a lot of people um, are jumping around, looking at different cities. Where can I go? Where can I buy the next house? Um, does it make sense in five years to still have that house? I think ultimately that's that's kind of what how you determine what makes sense for you or not. And if you pay a little bit more in today's market, and you have to do that, then that's the reality of what it is. But, you know, if you're going to be there, I wouldn't worry about the, the, sh the short term up and down. You're there for the long haul. Just ride it out and, uh, and make sure you can afford it. Love it. All right. Do we have any questions we didn't answer? By the way, Lana's Lawland or Ian's Lawland. You said we're right, but we said it five years ago, so we had to be we had to be right on one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we did have some questions, but I think they're related to uh, one of them was from uh, from our friend uh, who didn't give you your nitrous that you asked for. Um, v uh she she, she jumped. Yeah, she jumped off. I think so. Uh, but around V lock, so I think the next iteration is probably start talking about some lending stuff. So we we will get a mortgage expert, a lending expert on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, to talk by the uh, talk through some of the specifics on getting lending. Actually, it's a really good time for SBA EIDL. Just put out a uh, expansion on some of those EIDL loans. Hey, one of your imposters joined. Don't you always love when that happens, Ron? Oh, hey, Catherine. Good to have you. You joined right at the same time an imposter did. <laughs> Whatever. That's awesome. Uh, Keep going. So, uh, yeah. So we'll get we will get your specific mortgage and uh, lending and SBA kind of questions coming up in the next couple. <laughs> Lana's Lawland. There we go. Lawyer. Look at that. Look at that. They party great. They too. party hard and they can get you out of jail the next morning. Yeah. Unless they're right there with unless they're right unless there they're with, with you. you. Yeah. <laughs> and HR people, HR people, believe it or not, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, so, um, but yeah, thank that this, we'll, we'll get some of those questions. I think are just mortgage related. We'll get those answered on a, on another, on another what, specific one thing call for everybody joining late. We post the show, um, generally within a few minutes, however long it takes Instagram to render it. But, um, if you missed it and you want to jump on later, uh, um, and listen to what we chatted about, we had Peter, the, um, we had Peter the great or Peter, the so depending i don't really know but he's a local real estate agent one of dominic's homeboys yeah. so um we'll be sure to tag you in the ig post there so they can track you down if they want um and if you want to give a way of contacting you go for it or they can just do it right here through instagram peter if you wanted to do that yeah my last name's hard to spell so we'll type it out for you guys and then you guys can uh, will follow us on instagram and my last thing don't believe zillow 
Dude, the Zillow guy, the freaking Zillow guy. Uh, Blackline, I'm going to get to your questions in a moment. But And lovely CJP had a great tip, which is drive by at all times, the day or night, and check with the police. Um, that's really a good piece of advice, particularly if you're going to be living there. Do teenagers drive up and down the street at 60 miles an hour? We have a crack house right around the corner. Look, I've lived here a while. But we had um, we had the SWAT team out here a couple of months ago. The whole street was locked down. For the most part, other than they all can't park to save their lives, the crack addicts keep to themselves. But, I mean, it's a legit crack house, but what are you going to do? Um, what were we chatting about before? I had something funny to say, and I totally distracted myself. Zillow. Zillow. Oh, the freaking Zillow guy sold his house. The president of Zillow sold his house for, like, 42%. Below what the Zillow <laughs> estimate was, you guys can look that up. That is a proven fact. So Peter's got a good point. Zillow sucks. Um, anyway, Blacklight had a couple of questions. If Ivana could save those, we'll throw those in for next week's show, and we will yeah. chat about those. We'll kind of continue yeah, from on some real estate stuff. Pulling, pulling and, money uh, together for buying apartment. Yeah, it's a cool question. So we'll, we'll definitely it. get that one next week. We'll talk about some of the financing. All right, guys. This is the Make More, Keep More show. You can find Peter. Just look at his profile. I'll post it in the show there. Peter, did you want to give any other contact info? Or are we good? No, that's good. You could just. All right. Sounds good. And my imposter, you should be ashamed. Your mother would not be <laughs> proud of you at all. Your mom is ashamed of you. She's not even going to invite you. You're gonna, she's going to disinherit you from the will. And um, it's going to end badly for you. Anyway, argue, right, he guys. probably didn't have a good relationship with his mother in the first place. That's why he was doing it. So that's my that's my feeling. Well, you just so. assumed uh, his gender. That's so, true. You know, that's you don't know, man. Imposters. Lovely CJP. I'm glad you like the outdoor. Here's another shot of the ocean for you guys. Yeah, right we gotta get. I got. I got one more car. shot. Uh, Peter, Mike's not joining in. I got ocean. Yeah, yeah. house. We've got ocean out there, so it's good. To... So anyway, all right, guys, take care. 